Hello, everybody, and welcome to Web and Beyond Live. I'm Ray Sidney Smith. I'm president of W3 Consulting and a managing director of W3C Web Services, our web hosting and domain registration service. So this is Web and Beyond Live. It's my chance to talk to you about what's going on in the world of digital marketing and productivity and so on and so forth for small business. And so uh, this week, what I wanted to do was uh, primarily to talk about some of the news that has been circling around the small business world and really what's affecting the small business world. Uh, specifically, that we had you know, TikTok issues with Microsoft and the president. Uh, we also have federal unemployment benefits that are set to expire, and the uh, Congress is in the process of negotiating another stimulus bill. And then a a kind of a slate of new advertising opportunities have cropped up, and I want to talk about those as well. So let's get into our first kind of pieces here of the news. So let me cover the news, and then I'll talk about advertising at the end, and we'll cover those kinds of in, in succession. So first and foremost, Target and Walmart have both announced that they were going to shutter their uh, Black Friday. So Black Friday is not happening this year, which is the retail holiday after Thanksgiving. Um, and this is, of course, all over COVID-19 concerns. So my thought here is that if you are thinking about Black Friday and you are a retail store, you need to immediately now, it is, you know, it's the start of August, August 3rd, 2020, uh, you need to start thinking about how you're going to position that retail holiday either as a month starting out at the start of November and trickling, trickling out different uh, sales over the course of that month, or if you're going to stick to that Black Friday and, uh, you know, um, what is that, uh, Giving Tuesday and Cyber Monday, really think about how you're going to utilize those three kind of concurrent retail holidays together and really make effect there. Obviously, we're going to watch to see what Walmart and Target and Amazon and the rest do around Black Friday. But if they're not going to have in-person stuff, that means that they're definitely going to have a strong web-based presence. And they're going to try an e-commerce campaign, an e-commerce strategy. And that means so do you. You need to really be in the thick of things so that you can gain a benefit from the kind of wave of sales and all of that stuff going on in that space. So it's just, uh, it's mind boggling that we are where we are. I, I really am and was taken aback by that fact. It really hadn't come to the fore in my mind yet that really we're gonna lose uh, some of these retail holidays and that's gonna have a, a very profound effect on those uh, retail businesses in, in person. If you are a service-based business and you have a retail uh, environment, uh, and you are able to do more stuff on the web today, now is the time to start thinking about how that happens, especially as we start thinking about, you know, are you capable of doing virtual consultations? Can you do some of that stuff to to really start getting people on, uh, on, de on deck for making that happen in larger quantities around those retail holidays? Uh, really start to do that planning now. So it's kind of just to get, peak your awareness of the fact that we are in this uh, process of figuring out what we need to figure out as these things change. I wanted to bring also to your attention, I'll put links to these in the in the video uh, and in the show notes, And uh, but Lowe's is giving out uh, up to $20,000 to small businesses through the nonprofit LISC, uh, which is the Local Initiative Support Corporation. Uh, there are details here on how 
you can uh, access these small business emergency relief grants. Uh, they range from $5,000 to $20,000, and you can use them for rent, payroll, operational expenses, and otherwise. Uh, it is a grant, so it doesn't need to be repaid. And uh, so there's uh, $55 million. $30, 30 million is going to focus on small business owned or led uh, by minority minority and women-owned businesses, and then $25 million will support enterprises in rural communities, uh, which are also uh, strongly affected as well. So this is really great, good on Lowe's uh, for putting this together. And so check out the article in there if you think, think that you uh, need the assistance and go out there and access uh, those funds. Okay, next up, uh, I thought this was just really remarkable, but this has a, an interesting effect on retail and which is to say that Starbucks uh, did some analysis of their uh, retail traffic as they are wont to do. And they noticed that there was a late morning shopping surge uh, where people were going in really, you know, the normal commute would be sometime between seven and 9 a.m. They would have kind of a rush. Now they're seeing that delay uh, happen after 9.30 a.m., meaning that people are starting work earlier because they're not having to commute for those who are working from home. And they are then kind of taking a break sometime around 9.30 to go out there, get coffee, get uh, breakfast, that kind of thing. They're kind of getting their meals at Starbucks. And then they're seeing again in the late afternoon, uh, so 9.30 is that first kind of rush. And then 2 p.m. again is when things uh, pick up again. So not the lunchtime crowd or the the kind of uh, 1 30, 2 o'clock time frame when people would come for, you know, their 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 coffee fix uh, for the end of the afternoon. But they're saying basically after 2 p.m. now, you know, in that range, people are starting to show up again because they're planning to get another dose of caffeine or they're finally getting a meal for the day, and then they're going to be working uh, later into the evenings. So this just shows how retail traffic is being impacted by the change uh, because of COVID-19. And the, the interesting part here is that you need to start thinking about, if you do have a retail environment, how you are manifesting that traffic? How are you uh, managing around, uh, say, if you do have a cafe around you and they are serving, how are you really managing around that retail traffic perspective? How are you marketing around the new habits people are developing and really stay, uh, stay attuned to that? Because these things are changing rapidly. I mean, look at that. In uh, the matter of, you know, six months, you know, less than six months here, uh, we have a, a real remarkable change in the way in which retail traffic is happening because the workforce is moving in this very, very uh, profoundly different way. So just keep that in mind as you're um, thinking through uh, really well, how to to open the store, when to open stores, uh, when to take breaks, when you're going to get new rushes that are coming in the store, and how to staff your your stores accordingly and safely. Um, I wanted to uh, also mention that, of course, uh, federal unemployment benefits are set to expire, as I as I as I said in the lead up, and um, that means that in some way, shape, or form, uh, small business is really going to get impacted in in. Uh, a weird way. Um, so that means that if unemployment's lose, uh, unemployed individuals lose their uh, unemployment benefits, um, you now have either furloughed or terminated those employees, and now they're going to have to lose income. You have the choice of potentially hiring them back. Um, you know, but there's all kinds of problems um, with the 
uh, PPP program with the PPP loans. So if you uh, then lose that subsidy because you are no longer having those employees. So there's just a whole bunch of stuff involved here um, because now they can't get the subsidies, the businesses that would otherwise apply for them and have applied for them. Um, there's some problems around all of that. So I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I just wanted to bring that to everyone's attention that you don't get caught blindsided that if you do have employees and you know say that you're a, a small cafe or small restaurant or a small retail shop and you have those employees they went on furlough or were uh, terminated for purposes of them being able to get unemployment benefits uh, now we're kind of in this gray zone i'm hoping that congress figures something out this week and uh, can resolve that issue but you should call your representatives and lay some heat on them uh, to figure out a solution that helps your business and your local communities. So really go out there and uh, let them know that this is affecting you and it's going to affect you uh, if you can't pay back those loans or you can't reopen uh, because you can't afford employees with the amount of, uh, of, of business that is coming uh, through the doors. This kind of has a weird tangential benefit, uh, kind of a tangential consequence to it, which is that I recently read an article on, on Inc. about how local chambers of commerce were failing because their businesses are traditionally micro businesses, micropreneurs, and they can't afford to keep paying chambers to be members of them. And those chambers themselves are then scaling back or reducing their, um, you know, their programs. Of course, that means that the primary vehicle for many of these businesses that decide to put this money into, uh, you know, for HR and marketing and other kinds of business support services are losing those. And so you have this catch 22 where because the chambers of commerce don't have the members, they can't provide the services. And because of the services are not being provided to those businesses, those businesses no longer have the ability to operate uh, well, especially in local communities where that's their primary vehicle for it. It's a real sad state. And I'll, I recommend you uh, check out the article uh, because it brings to uh, bear really some of the fundamental problems of why we should be paying attention to uh, you know, just really how small business economic development agencies are capable of helping in these uh, economic downturns. It seems like the SBA got it mostly right with immediately providing emergency funding to the SBDCs um, and, and to other related programs. Uh, but it seems like there are some very big missing gaps there that, you know, because uh, the small business development centers are highly focused right now on providing guidance regarding the economic injury disaster loans, as well as the, the payroll uh, protection program loans, and um, some minor guidance regarding, uh, you know, COVID-19 recovery and reopening processes. There really isn't a lot of time for small staff to, you know, small staff numbers to be um, guiding clients. And so there's this gap there, and I'm and I'm seeing it. And we really need more in terms of these chambers of commerce and other economic development agencies there to guide and support businesses uh, through that process. So it's it's really um, quite, um, you know, I, I think sad um, to see some of these businesses flailing and lacking in the support that they need to make that happen. 
Okay, so uh, if you haven't heard about the conflict yet regarding uh, TikTok, I mentioned last week that uh, the President of the United States decided uh, to intimate that he would ban TikTok in the United States. Uh, and quite honestly, I still don't think TikTok is the place for small business to be jumping in and, and getting themselves uh, kind of inculcated in the in the um, social network that it is. Um, I'm, I'm not saying don't do it, but uh, as of right now, <laughs> it's just a very tenuous uh, space. So the latest news is that you know Trump, uh, you know, started talking about it, um, and the and, and started tweeting about that, and of course uh, that led to you know all kinds of rumors and so on and so forth cropping up that it was going to get uh, banned after uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo had made that uh, notion as well, and um, so now. Microsoft stepped in and uh, into the fray somehow. And there was uh, now an article in the New York Times that talked about Microsoft saying that it was interested in actually purchasing the uh, US business from uh, TikTok uh, by buying the, the, the parts that were, I think, US uh, based or not US based, but focused on the US. And, uh, and so, yeah, so that came out. And then Satya Nadella, who's the CEO of Microsoft, had a conversation with the president and uh, it seems like the president backed off of this whole banning TikTok issue. And now t now Microsoft is noting uh, that they are going to continue to pursue uh, the purchase of TikTok. So very, very strange turn of events. I, I wouldn't have imagined TikTok to be a, a line of sight target for Microsoft, but maybe because of their gaming platform, which is the Xbox, uh, and a greater uh, interest in uh, moving into the consumer space, making Microsoft Teams available for free uh, to consumers. Uh, maybe with some of those pieces, they want to bring more of that video component to the consumer market and, and think that maybe it would work in their consumer uh, side of their Surface uh, line of, of products and devices. I don't know. Very strange to see this all coming to, to pass, but we'll see what happens. Uh, my my guidance is to really avoid TikTok right now. I mean, you know, there's just no reason uh, that we have a lot of really strong social networks with strong U.S. presence right now. Uh, if you have a market that's looking at a younger uh, audience, uh, Snapchat still has a strong presence for those young uh, demographics that you don't need to put in kind of the hard work of of developing video content for TikTok when you can you can do uh, short and long form content on Instagram, Snapchat, and otherwise fairly easily uh, without worrying about that right now. That might change in a couple of months, maybe you know in in uh, three to four months as we learn more about uh, the potential purchase of TikTok or whether TikTok is just going to end up uh, stabilizing and, and going from there. Uh, and that brings me kind of in line with my news today, which is that several platforms are now really pushing their advertising platforms, uh, TikTok being one of them. And so uh, if you don't want to get in on TikTok, then you can advertise on TikTok. <laughs> and so uh, it's a really uh, easy, fast setup process. I actually went through it just for the fun of of doing of talking about it today. And you uh, go into the system, you go to get started tiktok.com uh, they take you to a landing page, you go ahead and fill out some basic information about your uh, business. And then you get flowed through the process of being able to put up ads, you can put up video ads, and, uh, and all kinds of other fun little, um, you know, um, 
content. And uh, there are 20 plus markets that you can go ahead and do. And um, they, they do have flexible budgets. I didn't quite get a better understanding from at least the front end content, what the budgeting and how it was all set up and guided. But I'm looking forward to doing a little bit more deep dive under there for businesses who do want to get in front of that demographic, but don't want to actually invest in uh, the content marketing side of things. And so we'll, we'll see what happens uh, with TikTok. But at least in the short term, you're not losing anything uh, by getting the advertising out in front of the people you want to right now and, and getting a return on investment in that regard. Next up is Snapchat. Uh, Snapchat has, uh, has uh, been advertising as well. Uh, I know it's been showing up in my feed quite a bit. If you go to for business, F-O-R, the word, uh, the pronoun, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the conjunction, is that the conjunction? Preposition, preposition for, uh, <laughs> the preposition for uh, business.snapchat.com, uh, you will be taken to the advertising page on Snapchat. Uh, and of course, it's got a little bit of sales material. It tells you uh, the different types of objectives. These are uh, streamlined straight against, it's right out of the, the Google ads as well as Facebook ads platform uh, playbook. You have awareness campaigns, you have consideration, and then you have conversions campaigns. And they walk you through the process of how to do that, whether you're, and how you create video uh, ads formats, how you can create collection ads, which are basically either collections of ads and videos, and how you can do story ads. Uh, Snapchat was the uh, the creator, the progenitor of the of the story format on the social network. And then of course, uh, Instagram got it and Facebook got it and, and others have now um, taken on from there. But you can create AR lenses and do full commercials in the, in the platform. Really, really interesting. Uh, you can target for all of the reasons and ways uh, that you can on Facebook and Instagram by location and demographics, interests and behaviors. Uh, you can do really, really strong uh, customization for remarketing uh, campaigns. And so really good stuff there. It gives you a great, great uh, campaign um, uh, dashboard so you can monitor the, the advertising campaigns and there are two different ways you can do that so if you're creating a single ad they have what's called instant create and then you have the advanced create workflow where you can actually create multiple ad sets and go from there uh, you can set a budget the budgets are uh, basically um, the minimum i believe is five dollars per day and so uh, if you you can spend a, a minimum of five dollars per day and that's not that's not terrible, you know. So you're talking about 100, under $100 uh, a month for you to be able to uh, really test out and experience whether Snapchat ads can work for you for the demographics you're going after, and then you can optimize uh, beyond that. So you're, you know, you're initially going to spend at least uh, that 60 to $100 uh, per month to really test out uh, several ads to see how they go, and then uh, kind of go from there. Um, continuing on that uh, kind of uh, trajectory in terms of advertising, uh, a strange uh, bedfellow has joined uh, TikTok and Snapchat this week with Hulu. So Hulu is the uh, television network, the OTT uh, uh, channel that gives you, you know, all the various, uh, you know, TV stations and movies and so on and so forth. Uh, and their direct competitor to probably Netflix is the closest, uh, Netflix and YouTube Live and so on and so forth. Well, they have now provided their own self-serve ad campaign uh, manager. And so it's in beta. And I learned about it a couple of weeks ago, and I wanted to learn a little bit more. And I've, I've pieced together some information about it. But in essence, you are now able to uh, put ads, I think it's a minimum of $500 uh, for you to be able to start advertising on the platform, you cannot choose your uh, ad 
to, uh, like the channel you want your ad to go on. You can't choose the show, but you can choose for it to be pushed out over the network. And you can put high definition video ads now on Hulu as a small business, as an SMB, which is remarkable to 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 think about uh, you being able to do that. Um, I'm I'm not sure you know Netflix. It's in Netflix's business model or in say CBS All Access or any of those other platforms' best interests. But it seems like Hulu has made it work, and uh, they have. Uh, obviously an interest, an economic interest in making sure that uh, small businesses can uh, get their word out to their uh, their viewers. So really good on them for giving access to it. Um, I've come to the opinion that, you know, um, kind of cutting the cord um, is no longer really cutting the cord. We, we had this uh, this desire to get away from cable companies and move away from that and have this kind of piecemeal world. But the People who are the creators, the publishers of the content, uh, clearly want us to aggregate those under uh, single umbrellas. It's just more efficient for them. And so, you know, you can see this happening with YouTube TV. YouTube uh, started with this ability for us to kind of disaggregate uh, various content, and now they're re-aggregating and consolidating that content into one space. So we're really in this consolidation phase where, uh, you know, you have HBO, HBO Go, HBO Max, and uh, different flavors of really, you know, what I would presume is the same content without knowing otherwise. Uh, CBS having their own, Peacock with, uh, you know, uh, coming out as their own, uh, you know, service. We have lots and lots of these individual content creators uh, producing their own app and platform for being able to watch uh, their content, uh, Disney Plus, uh, you know, but in reality, it's all going to eventually come back underneath uh, some buckets of umbrella, you know, some buckets so that we're able to see content. I don't want to have to have 15 apps to be able to consume the content that I want. And, uh, and so, you know, these aggregators, whether that be YouTube TV or Apple TV or Hulu or otherwise, are really helping us bring those together. But that also means that if television is changing, is morphing into these online platforms, that means that SMBs also need to get in and be able to put ads there just like big business. You shouldn't have to have a million dollar, you know, $5 million budget to be able to put an ad uh, in front of consumers, especially in local markets. And so I'm, I laud Hulu for making this first step, and I hope that other platforms start to give access to small businesses in that same way. This is all software, and they can make the same amount of money uh, by just handling the volume, and they have the technology to do so, and so they should use that to give us access to those as well. So if you happen to get the ear of one of those executives, let them know that SMBs want access to advertising as well. Um, I did want to note um, just in closing, that it turns out that there's some Florida teen and uh, several others who were, in essence, uh, recently, uh, you know, they were arrested uh, and and charged uh, under this whole uh, uh, Twitter hack. I don't know if you heard about it, but Twitter was hacked, and all of the big blue verified uh, accounts, you know, uh, Barack Obama and Bill Gates and many other big names out there uh, were hacked and this Bitcoin scam was propagated on the platform. Well, they did catch the the individuals and it was a, a young Florida uh, male and, um, and, and some other, you know, you know uh, uh, com you know, compatriots who, who made this all happen, uh, supposedly, allegedly. And so 
Um, we'll, we'll see what happens and, and what the details were around it. It uh, doesn't seem like any of us who were non-verified smaller accounts really were at risk, uh, but it does go to show that we should be uh, paying attention to, to our cybersecurity. And so it's just another point in, you know, Garmin was recently hacked. Uh, you know, we need to remember that we need to uh, both keep separate passwords for all of our platforms, meaning that you should be using a password manager, and we should be paying attention to what's happening with our data so that we can really pay attention to what's going on. You couldn't have avoided the Twitter hack. If you were blue check verified uh, and this happened, this is one of those cases where, uh, and this is a really good lesson for you, uh, which is, <laughs> so what happened is that, uh, allegedly, is that Twitter had a Slack channel and they posted the what they call the God credentials, uh, which is like the master username and passwords for Twitter uh, in the Slack channel. They pinned it to the top of the Slack channel and this individual or his compatriots were able to access that Slack channel through social engineering. And guess what? They got the passwords. They were able to log in and access these this information that they shouldn't have had access to. Uh, it's akin to uh, putting post-its of your usernames and passwords to your computers, uh, you know, stuck on your desk or on your monitor, or, you know, you think you're clever by putting it under your keyboard. Uh, <laughs> that is not good enough. You must be using uh, some kind of software-based password manager where you have complex, long passwords and uh, where possible, where the username doesn't have to be anything useful, uh, make the username something that is innocuous, that is completely, uh, you know, gibberish. As if you have a password manager, it should be managing both that username and password so that you do not have to worry that if your password was compromised on one platform, that it's also now equally compromised on another platform. So this is a good moment to take and re reflect on the fact that this is Twitter. They should have their stuff together, and they don't. Um, and so you should, because you cannot depend upon major companies to do it right all the time. And just one time means that it's not only affected you, but it also captures your client's data, and it wraps you up in this whole problem. And things like the California uh, Consumer Privacy Act and other kinds of laws that are coming out there to really make a strong statement about data privacy, data, data security, uh, is it's really going to impact a lot of businesses. And without making it onerous on you uh, through regulation, you need to then make sure that you are setting your infrastructure up for success now uh, so that you don't have to worry about this uh, too much going forward. Okay, I think that's all of the major news that I had for you this week. I thought I had one more item that I wanted to talk about, and it was... No, I think that's it. I think that's all I had to talk to you about today. Yeah, I've got some fun stuff I want to talk to you about next week regarding how social media and uh, kind of online traffic um, can really help you during this, I, I'm going to say intra slash post uh, coronavirus, you know, um, period, because uh, we don't know how long it's going to last. Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to do that next week and really dive into uh, those functions, because I think that for service businesses, as well as retail, uh, and in the B2B space, we need to think about how we're really structuring our marketing for resilience across the board because it's just really going to become uh, an issue for us uh, over the long term um, as we go up and down in terms of opening and locking down and opening and locking down. So I want to really focus on that next week uh, amongst a couple of other things and as well in uh, 
in that vein, we will be doing uh, what's new at Google next week as well. So I'll start off with some, some basics of that, and then we're going to cover our Google News uh, for July 2020 uh, next week as well. So um, that being the case, uh, we've come to the end of our time together. So uh, thank you so much for joining me here on the live stream. Uh, feel free to hit the thumbs up icon. That helps us make new small business friends. And so thank you for doing that. Um, if you have a question, feel free to leave a comment below the video. And also you can tweet or message me at W, the number three consulting on Twitter, because I'm a Twitter fan. Uh, join us every Monday, uh, typically at 11 a.m. Eastern, uh, which is New York time. Um, for Web and Beyond Live, uh, other, if, unless it's otherwise noted on another social channel or otherwise, uh, this is our time each week. And so thanks for spending uh, Web and Beyond Live with me. I'm Ray Sidney Smith, and on behalf of W3 Consulting and our subsidiary W3C Web Services, have a great week ahead marketing and managing your small business on the Web and Beyond. Take care, everybody.